would you stand with us? Great job. Now, I'm going to need your hands tonight. Our drummer's not here, but I know y'all are good at that, so I'm a friend of God. Are you a friend of God tonight? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all you've done for me, God. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. Is it true that you are thinking of me? That you love me? Oh, it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. Can you sing it tonight? Oh, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Hallelujah. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of? That you hear me. You know he hears us tonight when I call. Is it true that you are thinking of me? That you love me? Oh, it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. It is. Oh, and I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls his friend. Oh, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I love this part. You are God Almighty. Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Yes, you are God Almighty. Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Can you sing that tonight? You are God Almighty. Lord. God, 
I am a friend of God. You call me friend. Can you give him praise tonight? He's worthy of it all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to see you in the house on this Wednesday night. Got a, there's a crowd up front, a crowd upstairs. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Upstairs, yeah. Some other ones. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Wednesday night. There's a few of you that don't know what how it is. We bring ever all the younger ones in for the first song. There's a reason for that. That's that's called crowd control. <laughs> <laughs> it's like herding cats otherwise and if they ever figure out some nights that they're close to outnumbering us I don't know what we're going to do uh, but on Wednesday nights we it's kind of a family night at MAG there's something for every age and you know what we don't we don't babysit we don't babysit at MAG in every class all over this campus they're going to learn about the word of God the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and the power of His Spirit all over this place. All over the house. Sunday morning's a little different. There's still something for everybody. There's Sunday school. I just want to remind you, there's breakfast at 8.45. It's good. Breakfast is at 8.45. It's good. <laughs> Sunday school class for every age. Then we all get in here for worship service and all of us are in here together through worship and then mag kids head out after worship to have their own service and last Sunday morning in mag kids two kids got saved and mag kids last Wednesday night they had altar services for nearly nine o'clock and you know what adults were okay with that I'll say that again last Wednesday night they had they had such service upstairs that in youth that they had altar services until about 10 to 9 and adults are okay with that Yes. I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna shoot a little straight right here. If, if we can celebrate games in extra innings, I can celebrate altars in extra innings. That's all I got to say about that. We don't even charge you for it. So, give all of these a hand as they head out. Watch out lest you get caught in the flow. <laughs> I think they're full upstairs tonight too, Kat said, running over in the youth room. That's all right. We have our ushers. We'll receive our Wednesday evening tithe and offering. That's coming up. I think I need to remind the ladies that, is that, is that still out there, the, the sign-up sheet? Ladies, if you're wanting to do the cookie, sugar cookie decorating class coming up November, or November, June 3rd at 6.30, the sign-up sheets on the Welcome Center in the foyer. I think they've already got quite a crew lined up for that. I thought, I ain't going to say what I thought. Sometimes, see, I don't think I have a filter, but I do. See, I just didn't say that. And, and four weeks from tomorrow, we've got to start thinking about this because the meantime is important. Yeah. Four weeks from tomorrow, Heather and I will be boarding a plane to West Africa. 
to for Oasis International to build churches, get pastors through Bible school, stock the orphanage, and then some. And I know Brother Maddox uh, uh, has maybe has the funds so far for six churches. That'll be a big trip. MAG has already funded one this year. I would like to see us fund another one or two in the next month before I leave, and we are very absolutely capable of doing that. We got four weeks. We've never asked of anybody to do anything they couldn't or anything they didn't want to. We just always ask you to let the Lord deal with you about if you want to be involved in that mission. Missions is the lifeblood of MAG Church because it's the heartbeat of God. Do you know that? Missions is the lifeblood of Mag Church because it's the heartbeat of God. That's what we're here for. Go to the, all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. Otherwise, we're just a social club. And I'm not into social clubs. I got better things to do than the latest club in town. Amen? Lord, we thank you for this night and welcome you in your house. Lord, all up and down these halls, across this campus, from this room to the top rooms, Lord, have your way in hearts and lives tonight. I pray that lives are changed eternally tonight, that situations are, 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 are mended by the power of your Spirit, that bondages are broken by your delivering power tonight in this house on a Wednesday night. Lord, I pray that you bless this offering to its intended use. Multiply it all over the world, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise, Lord, that rise from earth to touch your heart, Lord, and glorify your name. Sing that verse again. Oh, as morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name can you sing it tonight because your name is a strong and mighty tower your name yes it is it's a shelter like no other your name lord let the nation sing louder because nothing has the power it's Lord, but your name, your name. I praise you tonight, Lord, glorious God. Jesus, in your name we pray. Glory. 
to the sky oh how it does Lord Sing it to him tonight. 
straight to him tonight. Oh, your love, oh Lord, it reaches to the heavens. Thank you, Lord. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. For your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, yeah. Oh, when your justice flows like the ocean's tides. Oh, and I will lift my voice, and I will lift my voice to worship you, my King, King of kings and Lord of lords, and I will find my strength in the shadow of your wings. I will lift, I will lift my to worship you, oh my King. And I will find my strength in the shadow of your wings. Yes, Lord, I will, because your love, oh, your love. Oh, Lord, reaches to the hands. Oh, in your faithfulness, how it stretches to the sky. Oh, you are God. Oh, you are God. From beginning to the end, there's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. Oh, I love those words. Oh, you are God. From beginning to the end, there's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. Lord, you've got times and seasons in your hands. You called for light out of darkness. Oh, you don't need a man to be the God you are. Oh, you don't. But you have chosen to call me your own. Oh, can you sing that tonight? You are God. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. Oh, you are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. 
You've got times and seasons in your hands. You called for light out of darkness. Oh, you don't need a man to be the God you are. But in your mercy, you call us your own. Can we all sing it to him tonight? Oh, you are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. Oh, you are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. Oh, you are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. I love that lyric that says, You don't need a man to be the God that you are. I read just today, I think it's probably according to Barna, it usually is, that only 44% of Pentecostal evangelicals have a biblical worldview. That's what I thought. Wow. 44 percent Pentecostal evangelicals. I'd already told you in last year that Barna done the, and, and a secular, two different survey companies done a survey of the American church and they both came to exactly the same conclusion. You ask in America, it's still 75 or so percent of Americans claim Christianity. But when you get to the basic tenets of faith that the Bible would require you to believe to say that to be so, such as Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, such as the, the Word of God is inspired. In other words, it doesn't contain some words of God. It's the Word of God. Those kind of things. It fell to 9% across the church as a whole. If you ever had a day that you thought that, there, that we didn't need a move of God, those should be sobering facts. If I asked you today, do you believe in God? Most of you would say yes. Most of the world says yes. You believe God is all-powerful? Sure. Omnipotent. You believe He's omnipresent? Sure. Sure. Sure He is. He's everywhere. But when you get the problem, it's not that people no longer believe that. They, they no longer believe he's omniscient. That he's all-sufficient. He's all of the above. He don't need, he, he's outside of time. He has no beginning, no end. So this creation, he's God from beginning to the end. Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's Alpha and Omega. 
and he doesn't need our help. He, we've came to a place where Romans said it would be this way, that we would come to a place where we would worship the creation rather than the creator. You can sit down. You can just keep playing a minute. Y'all hang out a minute, all of you. But I knew they needed to sit down before they panic. I think about people's idea of who God, who God is and what He is. If God is not everything that this word says He is, then we're here wasting our time. He would be an imposter. I was talking to Ron Cox last week, and he... he he sometimes gives me things to ponder, and boy, did he ever. Because, you know, we think we've got it all figured out. Man, think, the scientists think they figured it out. Every time, we think, every time we think we've got it figured out, then God ups the ante. You don't have him figured out. But he said, I was watching a debate with an atheist and, and a, a minister one day, and he said, if you don't believe there's anything, then where did this power to create come from? He said, tell me how you would do it. He said, well, if I wanted to make water, I would take, I would take uh, uh, two parts oxygen. Yeah? Or if I wanted to breathe, that would take two parts oxygen. He said, if I wanted to make water, I'd take hydrogen, two parts oxygen. He said, oh, hold on a second. He said, you don't get oxygen and hydrogen. Those belong to God. He created those. If you were going to make, I would start with dirt, I'm sorry. You're going to have to stop a second because he created it out of nothing. That dirt belongs to him. So you have nothing to start with. He said, I would call, I, are you hearing what I'm saying? See, he, he spoke life out of nothing. And we're always trying to figure it out out of what we already have in front of us. You've got to understand he called nothing out of something. And it's all going to play out just the way he's written it down. And I'm going to tell you here tonight, church, I, I'm telling you things that just startled me because it's where we're at. If you, if you look around, watching the news, if you wonder why we are where we are at, it's because of what we're talking about. It's because of the, of, the, of, the, of the pride of man, of the idolatry of man, of, of, the, of, of the apostasy of man. I, when I always read about the great falling away, I always thought people were going to exit the churches in mass. And they have to some degree. But the fact of the matter is, is the great apostasy that's happening before you, your eyes is sitting on the pew. All across this nation and across this world. When you have, when you have surveys that, that tell you that only 40% of, 44% of Pentecostal evangelicals, mainline denominations is even smaller than that. Where's the great apostasy? The great falling away, it's in the pew. This is why every service, week in, week out, Sunday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday, that we talk about this is what the Word says. My opinion doesn't count. 
Your opinion doesn't count. You say, this is somebody's first time getting JR to talk to you. Well, see what you get. This is everything. It's everything. He's God from beginning to the end. And I love it. There is no place for argument. You want to know? what we're arguing, we're, We are arguing and rehashing things all over the world that's been settled for years. Oh, I could tell you that today, this date, what is this? May 18th, 2022, the Canadian Assemblies of God dropped three, I believe, of the fundamental doctrines of the, word, of the Bible today, May 18th, 2022. It's happening all over the world. But he's still God. And I still believe the darker it gets, the brighter the light will shine. I've been telling you for weeks and weeks and months that it will be the best of times and the worst of times. He's going to have a church. A powerful church. And he's still God. From beginning to the end. Sing it. You're God from From beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You're God all by yourself. You're God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You're God all by yourself. You've got times and seasons. You've got times and seasons in your hands. You called for light out of darkness. You don't need a man to be the God you are. But you have chosen to call me your own. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. Yes. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. Yes, he's God all by himself. Thank you, worship team. We're going to turn to James tonight, chapter 1. James chapter 1 on Wednesday night. As you know, we, we normally teach through the Word of God. I want to remind you up front of something that's very, you've heard me say it a thousand times, but a thousand and one will do you good is that the number one rule, the number one principle of, ter- of interpreting the Word of God is Scripture must interpret Scripture. Number one rule, Scripture 
must interpret Scripture. That means it agrees from beginning to the end. That means if you, have a, if you have a question about what's happening in one portion of the Word of God, that there will, be, there will be multiple places that will explain it to you. It means it all fits together. It means if you find a contradiction, then you need to find some context. Because the contradiction is going to be in the context, not in the Word of God. Every time I step up here, y'all all know this, but I'm, I'm, I'm building up to, to the beginning again tonight. I've had enough of Christianity light, because that's what's in the world today is Christianity light, which is not the gospel. Did you know there's only one? Hello, Wednesday night people. I know we're just getting a wind up, but hello, Wednesday night people. There's only one gospel. God is love, certainly. He, he, he is love beyond your comprehension. And, le, and he, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love never fails. He certainly is. But he is also a God, he's a God that gave all. And, so he, and he's, he's a God that gave all and gives all. And he gives us his word to know how to live. It's not suggestions, it's his word to know how to live. It hasn't changed, it doesn't adapt with the times. I got news for you, it doesn't adapt with the times, God is unchanging. If it was sin in the beginning, it's sin today. And we have this skewed view of God. He, he is a wonderful father, and, and a father that, said, that the word says, that knows what you have need of. Oh, and sometimes I love the things I have need of, and some, I have need of, and sometimes I don't like the things I have need of at all. Say, so what are you talking about? Well, we don't want to take the imagery too far because God's so far above us, but sometimes my kids, I've known what they had need of. Oh, you're not hearing me. So, sometimes, they, sometimes they needed a... Uh, a, a, a gift, a birthday present, a Christmas present, a, a just because I love you. And sometimes they had other needs. We'll call it an attitude adjustment. We'll call it a long-term reminder. That's what James is, uh, part of what James is opening up talking about is, remember, count it all joy. We talked about that two weeks ago. Count it all joy when you endure life's trials. I haven't found my trials to be joy, but he tells me to count them that way. And he's telling us that we need them. Hello. Boy, I like that. Nobody likes to shout on trials. I get it. I understand. But you need them nonetheless. When I think about this convoluted view of God that's going on in the church world, never mind the world. I always want to remind you, never mind the world. What does that mean, never mind the world? The commissions to the world, certainly. I'm talking about the way we behave, the way we live, the way uh, that... Don't ever be surprised when sinners sin. Because that's what sinners do. 
That's what the lost do. You cannot be surprised when a lost and fallen world behaves like a lost and fallen world. The Word of God was written to the people of God. Y'all just must want to be here a while, and that's all I know. I got time if you do. But I'm talking about a convoluted view that the church has of God and the things of God. I've said it a lot lately. I'll say it again. It's not negative. It's just true. If you want to know why the world looks like it does today, it's because the church looks like it does today. Romans 11 says, everybody talks about this God of love that he certainly is. But he says in Romans 11, he says, behold the goodness and the severity of God. The goodness is everything that he's given to allow you back to him. Well, we're going to get to James chapter 1 in a minute. We've got to lay a little groundwork here. You've got to understand, but of course it, it goes, you talk about counterculture. Listen to counterculture. Do you know the word of God is counterculture? Yes. Completely and utterly counterculture. Always has been, always will be. You talk about counterculture. Here is the most counterculture thing I could possibly say in the society we live in today. What you've got to understand is God owed me nothing. Oh, then you didn't understand that. God owes me or you nothing. He created man in his likeness and his image and set him in a... Oh, I could dispute a lot of things going on right now. I could do it really quick. See, because we have this idea, oh, well, if we just had our economic situation right, that everybody would get along. Oh, if... if if we just had a better environment, oh, that's a big one right now, then everything would be good. Oh, if we, if we just had, if we just had, if we just had. Let me remind you of something. That God spoke a, a perfect creation into existence and created man out of the dust of that earth and, and he spoke everything else but he, but he breathed into, the, into, into man the breath of life his own breath, the spirit of God he breathed his breath into mankind and man became a living soul he created me, he created you in his own likeness and his own image because he loved us he wanted us, he didn't have to do it he created, he had the angelic hosts that were created just to worship. That, that's all they were created for. They, that's, that's what they're for. And when a third of them fell, he did not redeem them back to himself. That's not, what he, that's not what they were created for. When he created me and you in his likeness and in his image, and he put, he put a perfect man and a perfect woman in a perfect world in a perfect place where there was nothing wrong, no death, Nothing. 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 Everything was perfect. And we literally had one thing. One thing. You ever told your kids something and they didn't do it? You, and, you threw the whole world off? You said you, you literally had one thing. One thing. Everything you see is yours. 
Everything you see is yours. You know this. Everything you see is yours. You have dominion over the animals. You have dominion over the earth. You get to name them. You get all of it. Everything is yours. But of a, you can eat of any, any fruit that we were not carnivorous before the fall. You can, eat of any, you can eat of any plant in the garden, any tree. But of the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat. In the day that you do, you shall surely die. One thing. One thing. And in rebellion, Adam partook. He could have wiped man off the face of the earth right then, had he chosen to. Do you understand that? He didn't have to redeem us. He didn't have to make a way. Uh, but Calvin, I've said it a lot here lately. I'm going to say it again. But I want you to remember something about this God. Before there was an earth to put him on. Before there was a man to fall. And an earth for him to, to stand on and fall. That God had a redemption plan. Before Amen. anything. Because the word of God says that, he, that Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Before there was a man to fall, there was a redeemer to redeem him. He owes us nothing. But because he loved us, according to John three sixteen, you all know that. Because he loved us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. According to Romans, it says that, that the wages of sin is death. What's that mean, wages of sin? It's what you've earned. Wages are earned. If I, if I, if I take a job and, they, and we've agreed on a, on a wage, we've agreed on a price, and we've agreed on a payday, whenever, that, whenever, that, whenever I've done my job and whenever I come to payday, I'm going to, to where I'm supposed to show up. Of course, now it just goes to the bank, but you know what I mean. And, and, when, and I expect to get paid on payday. Why? Because I earned it. God's never sent a single person to a devil's hell. This hell was not created for man. It was created for the devil and the angels who threw in their lot with him. But, since the wages of sin, you've earned it. But the gift of God, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, what's a gift? Something he just gave you because he wanted you to have it. You didn't earn it. You can't buy it. He just said, because I love you, I made a way. The gift of God, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He owed us nothing, but he freely gave us everything. And then you wonder what about the goodness. See, that's the goodness of God. The severity of God is when there's a rejection. When he's talking in Romans chapter 11 about the goodness and the severity of God, he is literally talking about the Jewish nation, the apple of his eye, that are still his chosen people, that he, that he gave everything. And it says his own received him not. Remember Isaiah? He came into his own and they received him not. They rejected him. And it says, I cut the branch off from the vine. But behold the goodness and the severity of God. He says, if they be in the natural branch where, that I dealt with them, don't you ever think that you be in the wild graft that I won't deal with you. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. 
That's laying the groundwork for James chapter 1, picking up where we left off last week. If you remember, James chapter 1 begins, he introduces himself as, as, uh, uh, as a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He then talks about to the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he goes immediately into, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into diverse temptations, when things come against you. He's not talking about the temptation to sin here. He's, he's talking about when the trials of life hit you. And they're going to. And they're going to. And they're going to. Somebody hear me. And they're going to. And they're going to. Oh. Uh, the question, why me? How many of you ever said, why me? Why me? I got a question for you. Why not you? Why not you? In this world, you will have tribulations. I'll get to the good stuff here in a minute, okay? We're past gospel light. We're to the point where we've got to come back to the foundational truth of the Word of God. We told you that, that knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. This was the last two weeks. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be, be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. Well, the trials of life, when you learn to overcome the trials of life by faith in who he is, when you don't let it shake you, when you know who he is every day and every moment, it, do, it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you don't have questions. It, doesn't mean, it, just, it means that you have settled it in your heart that you serve a good God. And then he knows what's best for you. And there are things that you need to go through. Well, that's not the gospel that's preached today. Do you know there's things that you need to go through? I don't know what they are, and you don't either, but he does. Always use an example. You may, I may have used it before. Anybody's ever watched chickens hatch? Anybody had, ever had this? You know you had them in the incubator or whatever. Anybody ever watched a chicken hatch? And you know what, that when, they, when you see that, 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 little, that little bird come into life and you see the stirring begin to happen, you see that pecking begin to happen, and you see the struggle. The temptation when you see the struggle is to help. But how many of you know what happens when you help a chicken hatch? It'll die every time. Why? Because it needed the struggle. The hatching, the struggle to get out, the struggle to come to life, the struggle to, to come out of its shell was part of what it needed to have the endurance and have the strength to be able to live in an outside environment. I know it's a pitiful analogy, but it's a good analogy too. Because see, that there's things that, how many of you ever had kids and you know that they needed your help? You saw it. You saw that they needed your help. You can see it. Are you with me? 
You know that they're doing it wrong. You know that it's going to mess up. You know that it's not going to happen that way. You know that they're, they're not going to be able to afford it. They're not going to be able to make it happen. They're not going to be there in time. They're not going to get it fixed. They're not going to, or they're going about it the wrong way. You know that when, maybe it's a recipe that you know that, 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 that ingredients go in a certain order sometimes or it's not going to work. How many moms know about that? And dads. Are you, are you follow. And, and, but... In their struggle, they never asked you. You could see that they needed it, but you knew they needed to learn something without you. Of course, I don't know. That may be such a foreign concept to people anymore that nobody, I, I see it a lot that nobody's willing to let their baby struggle. But the fact of the matter is, had they asked you, you would have stepped in. But they didn't. So you didn't. Why? Because you knew they needed to learn something. You knew that they would be better off to figure it out. You knew that they were going to be stronger when it was over. You knew that, they were, that, 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 that the lesson was more valuable than the help because they didn't ask. Oh, it's the same principle about life's trials. It says count it all joy. Huh. That means put it in the accounting column. Put it in your credit as joy. It's not joy. It's hell on earth. It's not joy. It's a bad day. It's not joy. It's a bad year. It's not joy. It's not joy. But God said to count it as joy. He said because when you count it as joy, whenever you live through it, when you get past it, when you endure it, there's going to come a time in your life when you can pull on the deposit of the trial. Because you know better. You've been through it. You're stronger. You, how many of you know that you're stronger because you've been through things? Amen. You know what I figured out about South Texans after I've been here a little while? That this bunch of people down here are stronger because they've been through the storms, the physical storms of life. They've, they've had to tear it out and rebuild. Tear it out and rebuild. They've had to cut it down, pull it out, bulldoze it. Whatever they've had to do. But when it happens again, they don't love it. They're not looking for it. It's not joy. But they don't mope. They don't cry. They, don't pull. they, they, they put on their big boy pants, put on their mud boots, get out there and tear it out and start all over. People who's never done that and they're thrown in the middle of it, it can break you. But you've been through it before. And because you've been through it before, you can do it again and you know you can. Count it all joy. He says, let the, let the, let these, let the trials bring patience and the, and the patience bring, do its perfect work in you. Then we get to, if any man lacks wisdom, ask if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that gives to all men how many men that will ask well, I'll talk about your children asking you when they didn't ask you you didn't do it if any man lack wisdom let him ask of God that gives to how many men all men liberally it's the only thing you can do liberally is give okay thank you Laugh, it's funny. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask. That give, uh, ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abrades not, and, shall, and it shall be given unto him. He's actually talking about in the trials of life, if you need the wisdom to make the right decision in the trial, while you're going through it, ask God. 
God, I don't know how to handle this. What do I do? He says, if you ask, if you, and he says, if you ask, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you through it. It may not look like you want it. It may not be the answer you like. But he says, if a man likes wisdom, let him ask of God. And he will give to all men liberally. And when it talks about, and he abrades not, and it shall be given to him. That is literally talking about, he's not going to go dig up in your backyard, dig up everything you've ever done wrong, and say, well, if you'd have done this, this wouldn't be happening to you. Oh, I could tell a terrible joke right now. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still debating on it. Well, since Matt said go ahead, I have an amen. Y'all need to understand right up front that I'm just being funny. So if you're going to be offended, get over it. You got, you got a real good chance right here to be offended, ladies. I read just last week that most archaeologists are women. I thought, why, why would that be? He said, because they're good at digging up the past. Whoa! 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 I shouldn't have said that. Boy, I should have I said, if any man lacked wisdom, I may have lacked wisdom just now. I'm not sure. But let him ask of God. <laughs> she tried to help me, she said. <laughs> it literally, when he says he abrades not, it means he's not going to do that to you. It means that, he, that if, you're in the, if you're in the trial, you're in the situation to ask of God, and he's not going to throw rocks at you because you messed up. He's going he, to give you what you need. Aren't you glad that God doesn't throw rocks at you and dig up everything and remind you of it, remind you of it, remind you? By the way, that's condemnation. That's condemnation. And, and according to Romans 8 and 1, there's therefore now no condemnation to, the, to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Why? Because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise God. If a man likes wisdom, let him ask of God. Scripture interprets Scripture, so we ought to turn to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be the, yet the wiser. But t- teach a just man, and he will increase, the, and it will increase in learning. Back up to eight for me, Brandon. I think we need to see it. Reprove not a scorner lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Can I bring that into, can, can I bring that into JRV so y'all can understand it? Rebuke an idiot and he'll hate you. Rebuke a moron, he'll hate you. But you rebuke a wise man, he'll love you for it. I didn't always love, my daddy's been gone 30 years this October. I didn't always love my dad's rebuke. My dad's rebuke often come with, yeah. I didn't like it. 
But you know what? The longer I live and the longer I've, he's been gone and the more I look back, rebuke a wise man, he will love you. Give instruction to the wise man, he'll be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Have you ever seen somebody you couldn't teach them nothing? The more you tried to help them, the dumber they got. I'm not supposed to say it this way, am I? I mean, look at what's going on. I, I'm trying to be as nice as I can. But you know what? We're living in a world right now where it's upside down, where right is wrong, right, wrong is right. And when you try to point out what's obviously true, and they'll hate you for it. You, you prove that this is destroying us, and they'll double down on it. Have you noticed that? When it's apparent that, it, that, it's, that you've got to be a moron, they'll double down. You can decide who the they is. I'll leave it up to you. And it's because, here, here it comes, remember, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Give instruction to a wise man, he'll be the wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Say it again. The, be, the fear of the Lord, it doesn't say it's wisdom. It says it's the beginning of wisdom. If you want to know why we, we're living in a world of morons, because they have no fear of the Lord. I've told you before, I'm going to tell you again, because it's worth it. Do you even know what a carny is anymore? I mean, things are so politically correct anymore, you're not allowed to say things like this. But do you know, does anybody know what a carny is? Yeah. I need to explain it. How many of you know they're not always fine and upstanding citizens? Do you know that? My grandma's sisters were carnies. Thank you. So what I'm about to tell you is real important. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I was raised around a bunch of retired carnies. They, taught, they, they still have their game tricks. I told you before, that they taught me how to, how, to, how to have somebody win and how to rig it for them to lose. They were crooks. My Aunt Marie was a crook. She could fix biscuit and gravy, though. And their language, it was an embarrassment to sailors. The women. But even then, I remember then that I never heard. There was words that ladies and, and five-year-olds used today that my carny aunts, I never heard across their lips. I heard one of those words one time, and she, and she got a hold of her nephew and wore him out. She says, that's the vulgarest trash I ever heard in my life. It's the word used freely today. The carnies about beat each other to death over it. Why? When they retired, she upped her profession. My Aunt Marie, she upped her profession from carny to barmaid. So... I'm just painting a picture for you. And the reason I'm telling you all that is not because I didn't love Aunt Marie. She's been long gone now and all that stuff. And 
And it's, everything I'm telling you is true, even though I'm trying to make you laugh over it. But what I, I told you all of that to tell you that I was raised where carnies had more fear of the Lord than most church people do today. Boom. It's the truth. And you wonder why we're where we're at today? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the end of wisdom. It's not even the middle of wisdom. It's the starting point of wisdom. It is, if we can't, see, we're in a place today where, where God is not acknowledged, and when he is acknowledged, when his name is used most of the time today, it's in vain. When you use anything about Christianity in its true context, it's usually in the context of mental illness. No kidding. That's true. There's no fear of the Lord. It says, if a man lacks wisdom, ask of God, and he will give it to you freely. Then the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. You don't know why? Say, get in that book. Put yourself in that book. Live it. Read it. Breathe it. Put, it's, uh, some people think, I can't understand that book. I'm going to tell you, read it. If you'll begin to read it, you'll begin to gain understanding. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. You, you know, I, I've always advised people, don't start in Ezekiel if you just got saved, please. Or don't, let, don't start in Daniel's 70th week if you don't mind. Stay out of Revelation 12 if you, if you can help it. If you just got saved, how about you just go to John chapter 1 and learn who Jesus is. Then when you get through John, go to Matthew and learn what he's done. Go to, go to Mark and learn that, that, he, that he was a, a man to the, to, to the people just like us. And you find out, go find out who Jesus is. See, it'll be the, when you, and when you start understanding who he is, you'll start understanding the whole book. It's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. I told you at the beginning tonight, I'm trying to hurry but not real hard. I told you at the beginning tonight that only 40-something percent of, of Pentecostal evangelicals, I keep saying that word because I are one, uh, Pentecostal evangelical, so I get to say anything I want to about us because I am one. How many of you know you can't talk about other families because they'll beat you up? Yeah. Yeah. But you can talk about your own because you are one. So I get to talk about us. And if only 40% of us have a biblical worldview, because, see, a worldview comes from what you believe. A worldview comes from what you believe to be true. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What a, I'm reminded, my people, God was talking to his people. He says, my people perish. Why? From a lack of knowledge. Not outside there. Not the world, not the people that don't love him, not the people that don't even name his name, not the people that don't have anything to do with him. My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. This book is all who he is and what he's done. All of it. 
who he is, what he's done. When there's a knowledge of the holy, you will get, uh, gain understanding. Let me tell let me. can I say this a different way? Can I help you out? Can I help us understand something as, as a church family? Maybe as believers, maybe as unbelievers. Maybe, maybe I'm talking to un, some unbelievers in this house today. Can I, can I help you with some understanding? If you don't, I, I'll say it this way. If this is not your foundation, you have no idea what's right or wrong. Period. Oh, that went over. That didn't go over. If I was to grab your purse, just take off running out the back door and never come back, would that be wrong? Why? Why? But why is that wrong? Why, that don't matter. Why is it wrong? Why can't it just be mine? Oh, you're... But I don't believe the Word of God. I don't believe the Word of God. So I'm going to tell you something. You think it hadn't got to that point? I promise you it has. I promise you it has. Because, see, when you don't believe in absolute truth, because we live in a world of your truth and my truth. And there's no such thing as your truth and my truth. Oh, 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 oh. There's no such thing as your truth and my truth. There's only truth. It's either true or it's a lie. It's black or it's white. People, see, we have a generation that hates that. You want to know, know why you can't believe the things you're seeing if you're over a certain age? Because you've been raised that some things were absolutely true and some things were absolutely false. Some things were absolutely wrong and some things were absolutely right. But if you don't have any absolute truth, if it's your truth and my truth, then whatever I decide is right, is, uh, then you're just going to have to live with it. There's no such thing as your truth and my truth. Oh, it gets quiet. The truth is not a philosophy. The truth is not decided by the courts. Oh, I could say smart aleck things right now. Like I find it amazing that you had Supreme Courts that removed Ten Commandments all over the country while they're sitting under them over their head. Go look at their school. Look in their courtroom. Look, look over their head. Moses is standing right over the head with their Ten Commandments. But it's unconstitutional, but it's over their head. It's over their head, all right. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm trying to call somebody in this house to think. I want somebody in this house that doubts what I'm saying. I want you to think. If there's, if there's not an absolute truth in this world, what stops me from just not liking you and getting a baseball bat out and bashing your skull in? I mean, that's, I mean, I mean your truth and my truth. Well, my truth is you don't deserve to breathe anymore. Are y'all following me at all? 
Well, what makes that wrong? Well, it's just wrong. Well, what makes it wrong? What makes it wrong? If it's your truth and my truth, there's no standard in this world. If, there, if this world wasn't built on anything, if it, if it was built on nothing, let's, let's concede for a moment that somehow a world came out of nothing. See, if I wanted to believe Big Bang and hydrogen and oxygen and done this and there was this big, I'd have to find out where the hydrogen and oxygen came from. But let's just believe that for a second. Can you, can you play like with me a minute? We used to play like when I was a kid. Uh, maybe pretend today, I don't know what. We used to, can you pretend with me a minute? Let's just, I'll just, let's just concede for the sake of argument that that's true. Big Bang, it all evolved. Water separated from land. Ooze come out of the water. Some beat on the freckle. Where did any standard come from? Oh, that evolved too. Oh, because people are basically good. The truth is not abstract. The truth is not a philosophy. The truth is not determined by the courts, by the Congress, by any government in the world. The Magna Carta didn't come up with truth. The United States Constitution didn't come up with truth. That, that, there, that, that, nothing, that none of those governing documents come up with truth. The truth is a man. That was from the beginning. Let me help you. Pull up John 1 and 1 up there, Brandon. Everybody knows it, but they need to say it again. You need to be able to, you need to, be able to say it off the top of your head. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. And the, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 6 starts talking about John the Baptist. Go to verse 14. John the... Verse 14 goes back to talking about the word. And the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Then you go on reading in John, you're going to find out that Jesus is going to say, I am the way. I am the truth. Truth's not a, not a philosophy. The truth's a man. I am the life. He says, and you can know the truth. Jesus. And the truth shall make you free. And whom the Son is set free, because the truth and the Son are one and the same. And whom the Son is set free 
is free indeed. See, you've got to have a foundation. If you want to know what's going on in this world, the, the psalmist said, if the foundations be destroyed, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the nations do? I want to tell you that the, foundation, the foundations of the law are under attack. You're viewing lawlessness everywhere you look and have been for several years. Everywhere you look, lawlessness. That's a foundation. Education. Come on, somebody. church yes the family that's the four corners of the society we stand on the law education church family where is the attacks coming from today where, what is the direction of the attack what is under attack right now the law Church, education, family. If the foundations be destroyed, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If you're in the trials that you don't understand, if you're going through, there, there's things that can come, that will can and will come into your life. I don't care how bad it is. I'll say this because I'm, I'm, I'm never afraid to say this because I've been there. I'm going to tell you that, that when the trials of life come, no matter how deep they are, how bad they are, how long they last, I know people that's lived in valleys for long, dark, three decades and in every and all the way through 30 years that God was faithful. I know what long, dark years are. And I'm going to tell you that God has not wasted one second of those times in my life. I'm going to tell you that God has not wasted one second. I had days I had to ask how to get through it. If a man lacks wisdom, let him ask. I had months I had to wait. I had to say, how are we going to get through it? You want to know what people stumble over? We're about to wrap up as quick as we can. That was just to give you hope. It means nothing. <laughs> I like to bring it out. They tell me you have to hear it at least seven times, so I, I try 70. Hosea chapter 14, or chapter 9, verse 14. Last verse in Hosea, the prophet Hosea, last verse, says the ways of the Lord are right. Somebody say it with me. The ways of the Lord are right. We're going to add more to it in just a second, but say that again. The ways of the Lord are right. Are right. Oh, one more time. The ways of the Lord are right. It says, and the righteous walk in them. It says, but the wicked stumble over his ways. I've seen tragedy drive one person in a family closer to God than they've ever been in their life. And the other one run as far as they could get hating him because one understood 
that the ways of the Lord are right and the righteous walk in them and one stumbled because they didn't understand. You say, why do you week after week go back and take the last few weeks and pile it in with this week and add to it and then, re- and then you add these things back again? You keep bringing the same for several weeks and it, because line must be up on line. Precept must be up on precept. How do you build a wall one block at a time? One run at a time. It's where the strength is. Line up on line. Precept up on precept. Here a little, there a little. You can't get the whole load in one week. Some of you heard this three times. Some of you didn't hear it at all. And when you layer it week after week after, that's why we teach systematically through the Word on Wednesday nights. So, you can, so it's not a random verse here, and it's not a random verse there. It's so you see the continuity of the Word of God and how it interlocks with your life and how you can live by His truth. Fear. That, that, that word there, fear, it doesn't mean that you're afraid of God. The fear of the Lord. It, mean, it means the honor and respect that He's due the fear of the Lord. Oh, I've seen a little bit. Uh, you know, that there, there is some godly fear that is trembling fear. There really is. We're not supposed to, they, they tell, that the people don't think that the church ought to use that anymore when Jude says that to, to some say with compassion and some say by fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment. Somewhere it says something about, uh, help me, it just went whoop. About, oh, uh, I'm going to have to come back to it. See, I don't remember everything. I had it and it went whoop. Oh, godly fear. Godly fear. Godly fear worketh repentance. Godly fear works repentance. Godly fear, see, I'll go back to my daddy. See, repentance means a change of mind, change of heart, change of direction. Repentance has sorrow to it. You know, when you, see, repentance is, we, in Acts, the writer of Acts said that it was Paul that said uh, that it's God's desire of all men everywhere to repent. It means to change their mind about sin. It means to change directions. I'm not just sorry, I quit doing it. He's ever had a kid that you didn't believe they're sorry because they never quit. They're sorry that you wore them out. Hello? It says, but godly fear works repentance. I, I, I kind of look at my daddy on that one too because there were some things that changed my mind because I had a healthy fear of my daddy. See, see healthy fear, godly fear worked repentance. <laughs> it changed my mind. Didn't seem such a good idea when I thought about what might the repercussions might be. Godly fear works repentance. Fear of the Lord is just the beginning of knowledge. The church. I'm talking about the world right now. The church needs a healthy dose again 
of godly fear. Why? Because it brings knowledge. It brings wisdom. Beginning of wisdom. Godly fear is the beginning of wisdom. I said knowledge. That we got. Godly fear is the beginning of wisdom. Let me say it in closing. Because you need some help with those two words. Knowledge and wisdom. Because right now we got more knowledge than we've ever had. We got more knowledge than you've ever had. In the, in the history of mankind... Right now, 2022, there is more knowledge than mankind has ever had. He said it would be that way. He said there's going to be an explosion of knowledge right before the coming of the Lord. He says knowledge will increase. But, he also, but, but Paul also talked to Timothy about it. And he says that there are going to be people that's ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth. See, knowledge, I mean, we got more knowledge. We know more than we've ever known. If you don't know it, Google it. Knowledge is not the problem. It's wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. It's what you do with what you know. You have all the knowledge in the world. I can know how to put gas in my car all week, but if I don't do it, Wisdom tells me to stop and do it, to properly apply it. Yes? Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you love us enough that you give us everything. You says your word gives us everything we need as it pertains to life and to godliness. You said that, that it would work both to will and to do in our life. Both it, would, it would allow us both the will to do it and the ability to live for you. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray tonight that your word finds fertile grounds and hearts tonight. Lord, I pray that, that, it, that it begins to work in the hearts and minds of the hearer. And Lord, that we don't just leave with more knowledge. But Lord, that we begin to ask and knowledge becomes wisdom. Lord, that it changes lives tonight, homes tonight, families tonight. Your word is power by your spirit. And I ask it all over this place and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck and tell them that you love them.